Welcome to episode 255 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. And I'm your host, Dave Ginsberg. We are recording this show a little later on a Friday afternoon uh, in the U.S., but I think it's a good reason to do that because Patrice Brenderbor is here on the show. It's been too long. How are you doing, Patrice? <laughs> I'm doing very well. I'm like I'm I was I'm very much in touch with iOS today. I don't know. Like yeah. we've talked so much about it already. It seems like um, we have. <laughs> yeah. I'm very happy to be here. I'm like thank you for moving the, oh. the show time around for me. So so and, happy to because yeah. I always want you to come on as many times mm-hmm. as you can. So yeah. glad yeah. glad as you are here. Also glad to be here is Ben Rathick. How you doing, Ben? I, I I'm good, Dave. Uh, Patrice may be more in touch with iOS today, but for me, my <laughs> iOS is behind my Mac being my camera. <laughs> one of my iOSs, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, same. Here's one, there's one, there's one. Like, yeah. I'm around <laughs> iOS, maybe. <laughs> we are. Well, uh, glad you're here, Ben. And last but certainly not least, Jeff Gammon is here. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing all right. And I feel like I'm failing on some level because I'm actually not using an iPhone as my webcam. Hmm. Goodbye, Jeff. <laughs> I know. <laughs> now I have to go wait in the car. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we got uh, some news this week. It's, it's been a pretty light news week, but I always seem to find stuff that's of interest to, to to our to our our panel here. And uh, Ben did a great write up about uh, we should be universalizing OSs. So we're going to talk about that and um, yeah, Final Cut Pro and uh, Logic and oh, all kinds of other stuff here. But let's, uh, let's just uh, go right in and jump into the news for this week. Uh, Apple Fitness Plus now offers over 4,000 workouts and meditation videos. Uh, uh, Men's Journal's Jacob Kroll was recently invited to tour the Apple Fitness Plus studio, which is probably unique for most. Uh, and he got to see the impressions of a lot of the different videos that they've put together. Uh, Apple does did say that they have 4,000 of those workouts and meditations, and uh, I definitely see quite a bit of expansion on Fitness Plus uh, because uh, there's just so much so much out there since it's launched almost three years ago now. I know, Patrice, you're one that uses Fitness Plus quite mm-hmm. a bit. Have you, ta- have you taken a look at some of these new videos? Um, probably like not actively because I mean, I'm, I'm like every week or so I'm doing like one or two workouts, um, usually dance, but sometimes also yoga and, and, um, HIIT, like high, high intensity interval training. I think had to think about it. What was that again? Um, no, but it's like, I mean, I I believe it. There's so much content. I mean, sometimes for me, like, very hard to even keep up with it. And they they keep adding new things. Like, especially in January every year, they add, they're adding new, uh, like, new categories of videos and new things. So, and sometimes even in September, um, there's some some announcements. Um, so yeah, I totally believe it. And it, it is. I mean, I've said it. This is big, a bigger deal than most people, I think, in our community even think of or know of like it's it's hardly ever talked about it is not uh, and and it's it, it is really really great i mean it makes all the difference for me because i hate going to like fitness studios or anything like that and i love just being in my living room and like dancing like with myself basically yeah absolutely what do you think jeff i think it's interesting that when uh apple fitness plus launched 
there was a, a lot of negative press. There, there was a lot of people spec or not speculating, but assuming it was going to fail. Mm-hmm. And here we are, what, three years later, mm-hmm. and it feels like on a very regular basis, we're talking about how there's new content that's been added to the platform. And uh, and if it was not performing well, if it, if it was not successful by whatever standard Apple has set for that, they would not be adding all of this additional content on a regular basis. Yeah, so they, this yeah, is great. They, they just added new trainers, for example, uh, fairly recently. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you on that one. Like, it, it, like a lot of people said, oh, this is going to fail. And I think they were simply not the target audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. What do you think, Ben? Um, I, th- I think it's really interesting how Apple Fitness Plus's trajectory has very closely mirrored TV Plus. Mm-hmm. It started smaller and consistently uh, built up that library as both its user base and its original users has ex- have expanded. One part about working out that, uh, I mean, if you if you keep doing the same things, you'll get bored and stop. Well, you have four thousand different options right now mm-hmm. that you can do in your house. I mean, there there's other options that do similar things, but if you have Apple One, they basically throw throw it in for free. The because... only, I was the only thing I wish is that to go with Apple Fitness Plus, Apple would get more into fitness devices, like my my nice big exercise bike back there. I wish there was a way I could upgrade that to work within Apple Fitness. And the thing with that is Apple even announced uh, like, I think two years ago, a way to do that. But none of, I think that the, all the partners that they tried to partner with just didn't care really. That That's my yeah. feeling. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, check it out if you can. It's part of the Apple One Blunt Bundle, but it does, it does have uh, the standalone and a subscription. I think it's $79 for the year US. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, check that out. For sure, um, this was a bit of a blunder here, and Apple. I don't has even know if you, they've even admitted it's a problem, but uh, Apple's Lightning to USB three camera adapter is now not working in iOS sixteen point five. Uh, Apple's the adapter does not work with iPhones and iPads that have been updated to the, the iOS sixteen point five and iPad OS sixteen point five, according to several users across the the Mac Rumors forums, the Apple Support Committee, and Reddit. So there's obviously if it's if it's hitting the the, the triple play there with the mm-hmm. uh, uh, with the uh, with all three of those big places for for, for complaints. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the adapter does have an a- USB A port for connectivity to, uh, to, uh, to a camera, microphone, another USB powered accessory uh, to the iPhone and iPad, along with the Lightning port for uh, charging uh, the iPhone and iPad. I, we all have these adapters. I, I have one. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried it uh, since I, this was announced. I probably should see, like, just kind of can see what it does, what it does, mm-hmm. what it not does. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. 
said the issue is likely due to a software bug that will have to be addressed in a future iOS version, but the underlying cause is unknown. Uh, Apple did cede the first beta of 16.6, which we'll talk about in a minute here, to developers, but the update is likely many weeks away from being released. So maybe a 16.5.1 update? Hmm. Are are we surprised Mm -hmm. that this happened? Uh, Ben, what do you think? I'm surprised this got through. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I mean, at at the same time, uh, I think someone has a significantly smaller posterior right now from having it chewed off by their bosses. <laughs> this is this, this is something that for anybody who uses an iPad in their workflow for professional camera work, it's going to really suck. And which means it's Apple's probably making this a priority to fix very quickly. Yeah. Mm. I'm wondering, did nobody discover this during the betas? Which yeah. is entirely possible because I think this this is probably something that a lot of developers don't need as much. Um, so it's possible. Or did someone report it and it just got lost in the radar hell? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I have a One. hypothesis. <laughs> I, and I knew you uh, did. So. <laughs> go, ahead, go, ahead. go ahead and finish, Okay, ben. so... Um, yeah, I all the versions of uh, the last iOS, macOS, whatever update had multiple RCs. Yeah, I'm wondering if this is something they broke while trying to fix other things. Yeah, possible. Yeah, that's a possibility. I mean, that's usually how software works anyway. Like, you fix one thing, you break another. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. Go, go ahead uh, with your hypothesis, uh, Jeff. My hypothesis is that we're at the point where the number of iPhone and iPad users that are relying on this specific dongle is really low. And that most of the people that are using uh, a USB adapter are just using the lightning to USB only, Mm. the one that doesn't have the power uh, plug on it as well. Yeah, Or using a full-on USB-C dock, like on the newer devices. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. And um, and since most people are not using this, it was much easier for this to slip through. And uh, and if the lightning to USB dongle is working, why would anyone think, you know, maybe we should check the camera adapter version of this and double check, make sure that's working, too? Because they're both USB adapters. Yeah. Just so happens one has a power uh, port on it too. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, let, let's be fair with Apple here. I mean, th- yes, this is a problem, but mm-hmm. if you think about it, like how complex it is, like how many different yeah. adapters Apple has, how many different devices they have uh, and so on. It's an, I mean, it is a nightmare to test this. I mean, could yeah. if, could they have found it? Yes. Should they have probably also? Yes. But I mean, as someone who works in development, I totally understand the complexity. Well, I probably I miss still like I still underestimate the complexity probably, but I I still understand it. Yeah. Well, could they, you know? And there's so many older adapters out there. Let's face it. I mean, I got mm-hmm. I have a I, we all have a bin of them. I mean, I've got stuff going back to <laughs> oh thirty God, pin right? uh, thirty pin days. I still have those laying around. So <laughs> not those are any of any use anymore. Um, but you also could think about too. You know, Apple did, does release um, firmware upgrades. They did they did release mm-hmm. firmware upgrades for the uh, um, for the MagSafe cable, 
And uh, and they also did release uh, a firmware upgrade to the two meter uh, MagSafe to USB C adapter that comes with Mac Max. You know, so could could they just do a? Could it be a firmware upgrade to that particular adapter? I kind of doubt it, only because that's that's an older adapter, and they may not have built in that technology to give them the capabilities of doing firmware. And at least that's my thought. Yep. Um, the the other thing, if you if you still use one of the lightning port iPads to do your professional workflow, yeah, <laughs> you need a new iPad. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that too. But this might still work. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, the so. SD card version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it does. I've got both the, the USB-C versions and the Lightning versions. I mean, I can pull up my yes. case and I have it all laid out in the top cover of a, of, a, of, a, of a nylon case. And I shake my head every time. Why did I buy all these adapters? I probably used them once. <laughs> yeah, this has been sitting in my <laughs> drawer for yeah. five time years. You, yeah. you needed it. I needed really it. Bad. I did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The one time I needed this was during this show. <laughs> See? Well, I can't. I can't reach. It's. It's a little too far. I don't want to walk it off the wow. ground. So, something David can't just reach behind him and have. No, it's in the It's in the closet. It's in the closet. It's in the closet. I can see the case. I'm just not going to get up and get it. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So let's hope it's fixed. And I, I think. This didn't get a ton of press, so I didn't really hear much about other here on, on the Mac Rumors article, but I wanted to make sure I brought it up uh, uh, for everybody here. So uh, another flaw that was found is uh, some Apple Watch users were complaining of an odd green screen tint following Watch OS uh, 9.5 update. Uh, mm. They were noticing some unusual green tint and on the watch. And it was like certain uh, accessing certain UI uh, elements. Based on complaints, were again the, the Mac, the Mac mm. rumors forums and Reddit were were very lively of it. <laughs> uh, so uh, it says almost all the models are affected, and uh, and the even the Apple Series uh, Eight is affected, and the older mm. devices, earlier models, seemingly uh, faring worse. Not a surprise. Um, and uh, users afflicted with the issues say the green tint is visible on. the on the pass code input screen when accessing the control center and putting notice that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it says fewer Apple watch SE and Apple watch ultra use, users uh, were affected by this mm. issue. Uh, some are suggesting that Apple may have intentionally added the tint. Okay. No. <laughs> but no, I no. just can't see that for a reason at all. Um, yeah. But Apple has fixed with, the, with yeah. the color tint issues on iPhones. So good. So I guess, mm-hmm. again, another story that's not been getting a lot of prominence here. Go ahead, Patrick. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of Germans and tinfoil hats on in those forums, apparently. No, I can tell you what's happening. Um, Apple as a company currently is focused on the next thing because WWDC is in 10 days yep. and stuff. And also developers, I think outside of Apple are getting ready for that and stuff like that. Simply like they, they, they are not focused on it. They're not focused on testing. You don't have as much time for it. Like, I mean, like as long as the current version is, or that the yeah the current version is kind of fresh and released. There's a lot of to to do there and to fix there. So they're focusing on it and they're testing on it. But now is the time when they're they're letting things slide because very soon they're going to stop adding new things to those old versions. 
uh, I mean, other than bug fixes and security fixes. Right. So this is, I mean, this happens. Like people are just focused on somewhere else and something like doesn't get noticed. Hmm. Might have even be reported internally. Someone found it, but it was simply like, yeah, we don't have time to fix that. It's not so important. I mean, what is a green tint? Sorry. Uh, it doesn't really yeah. change. Most people won't even oh. notice it. Yeah, I didn't notice. Like if I have it, I haven't even noticed. If I don't have it, then I don't know why. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't have the problem on my Series Eight, oh, and yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and I'm glad because I would have noticed right away, and it it would have really really bothered me. It might bother you, but it's not going to stop you from using the device. No, like it's not something mm-hmm. where like the USB adapter where it just breaks true um everyone else would be really annoyed because i just i would be complaining loudly on every show <laughs> this is true are you german too <laughs> uh, yeah I, I i bet if i if i did one of the like tests like 23 and me oh yeah it, it, would, it would come back and say wow you have a real strong german streak in ask, you. yes ask chat gpt it will tell you oh yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll come back and just call you hair gamut. <laughs> yeah. And and not referring to uh to how we all looked in the 1980s. <laughs> no. H E double R. Yeah. Yep. Although now I've got this image in my head of Dave with uh, like big glam rock hair and absolutely oh, owning it. I used to have it when I was younger. Oh see David probably has had a mullet. I I did one time. <laughs> See, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> when I got older, that isn't high school though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. <laughs> I I have a story for after the show on that. All right, okay. hold your hold your thought. I'm so looking after forward to that. Let's talk about the complete chaos. <laughs> hold your thought on that. Um, speaking of thought, I know Jeff's going to have lots of thoughts about this Max. It launched. Mm-hmm. No longer HBO Max, it's Max. Warner Brothers today, uh, this week, uh, launched uh, the new Max streaming service that merges HBO Max and Discovery Plus content and rebranded it to that wonderful brand we all love. Uh, And as we know, it was announced last month and it combines all kinds of uh, content, including DC Universe and Cartoon Network and Turner Library and Looney Tunes, Adult Swim, and, and then, of course, all the brands from the Discovery side of things. Um, interesting way they're packaging this. They'll have three different tiers here. You can have a max ad light, uh, which includes two concurrent streams and 1080p resolution, no offline downloads, but you do get 5.1 surround sound, uh, but you got to deal with ads. Then you have the max ad free, which is 1599 a month, uh, which includes two concurrent streams, still only 1080p. And, uh, you have uh, 30 offline offline downloads and the surround sound. Then the multi, the max ultimate ad free is 20 and 1999 a month, uh, which includes four con- con- concurrent streams and up to 4k, uh, UHD resolution, a hundred off line downloads and Dolby Atmos sound. And you know, 4k content is not that prevalent right at the moment here. I thought a couple of thoughts already I could tell you. I thought it was the most bizarre thing, how they handled the app conversion. Mm-hmm. So you had to go down and del- download another app and then delete the other old download. There was the first thing I, I saw that was a little crazy. Um, and the, uh, and it was an uh, interesting way. It, it did bring the, the account over. At least you didn't have to re-sign in. But uh uh, but but they I mean HBO's done this. Yeah, HBO's <laughs> done this. I mean, we got HBO Go, HBO <laughs> Now, 
then HBO Max, and now just Max. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, only... Yeah, and, yeah. and the craziest thing is, they start over every time. It's not that yeah. they're like, yeah. oh, we have a work somewhat working app here. We've worked out all the kings, and yeah, no. maybe we have to rebrand it and maybe fix like two or three things. No, they start over and introduce new, the same bugs over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and of all the branding IP Warner Brothers Discovery has... Uh, they chose the one that's probably worth the least, worth the least by a mile. Yeah, Cinema Max. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, I could see if they called this just Warner Brothers Discovery, that would be a good name, leveraging their uh, HBO branding. WB HBO. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but 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 instead, it is more like WBD WTF. <laughs> so dave when you downloaded the new app you were logged into it yeah it, it it transferred over it did not for me and i and i see tons of complaints online of people yeah. saying this is so stupid i had to download an app and now i have to log back in so yeah. i so downloaded the new app. You know, i could be wrong yeah. I, I i did it on the apple tv and i did it on um on, on the iphone hmm. and the ipad so it's yeah, possible i downloaded on my apple tv and then I was like, okay, now you have to log in. And immediately I thought, there's something else I can watch. Oh, no. Everybody was complaining. <laughs> and, and everybody was complaining. Yes. Go back to Apple TV Plus. Yeah. Yeah. So I've just been watching <laughs> shows on Apple TV Plus and uh, nothing on on HBO Now Max. And yeah. Very, very poor communication. Uh, mm. Not and when you launch HBO Max, it's not available in your region. Instead of saying, oh, go download the new app. They put that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting way that like the the video player, for example, like they did again a custom player that again doesn't have ninety percent of the features that people expect and want, like especially on the platforms like tvOS. Yeah, and again, half of the time doesn't work properly. Um, And instead of just using, I mean, they tried that already with Max, I think. And instead of just using the player they had, that works. Yeah, no, I mean, crazy. I swear to God, the last time this company had any positive press, Kristen, Christopher Nolan was still directing Batman films. <laughs> wow. wow. It's been a while. <laughs> that, yeah. Oh, that's a long time. I mean, even when you're even you're, you're navigating all the new content and then you, you have Max this, Max this, and, the, and then HBO. And then, you know, everybody wants to watch uh, uh, the, 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 the series they have. So you have to go to HBO to see that. But then mm-hmm. you have the mm-hmm. movies and everything else. So it's just a complete confusion. I don't get it. It was HBO was one of the rock, you know, one of the original brands of, 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 mm-hmm. uh, of, of cable content. I mean, they started in the early eighties. I mean, it's been around a long, long time. Yeah. Um, and it just, it's really a shame where, where this brand is gone and yeah. it just, just makes yeah, no the, sense. The, the, yeah, this is what happens when you have a accountant who get accounted who gets booed during a university commencement address <laughs> instead of someone who knows what he has in charge of this company. Yeah. So mm. I think that's enough of giving him any uh, any breath right now because just, just but I mean shows like Succession is so popular. People are watching that show right now, and there's this there is a lot of good content. Not as many. As, yeah, if they can't, if they can't <laughs> yeah, watch it because they, they can't, because they can figure out how to connect. Uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, we, I think yeah. we've uh, beat that one to death here. Uh, speaking yes, of if only that, I was going to say, if only there was a media company that is almost as much hot water. 
Speaking of that, yes, Netflix. <laughs> They're beginning their crackdown on passwords in the U.S. and the U.K. Uh, they officially have cracked down on password sharing in the United States and the United Kingdom more than a year after they had announced this move. Uh, and uh, and they explained in the U.S. and U.K. websites how viewers will, who share their accounts, passwords, or outside the household would be affected, and uh, additional costs there would be. You know, the whole, you know the whole spiel. You know, they want you. They want. They want you to buy another account for that person for uh, to, to then stop sharing your password. Uh, there were some good examples. A good example. I didn't have this. In, it isn't in this article, but uh, here's, here's a parent that that uh, has kids going to college. And why should they pay for another Netflix account for them when they can easily use that when they're at their college in their college dorm room? I don't think that's fair. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a lot of lot of unhappy people, and and I would I would be on all surprised that Netflix is going to start seeing some reduction in uh, in subscriptions uh, after this. By the way. They're also cracking down in Europe because I got I saw the news yeah, also in UK, Austria they said, that they're doing that. Oh, in Austria. No, okay. but it's not just UK. Like Austria, I'm guessing Germany and so on as well. Everywhere like, else, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Here's what I did in response to this. I was previously on the the UHD tier. Mm-hmm. Well, I did. I cut that back to just what Netflix. Uh, uh, T-Mobile gives me for free, right? Uh, Which I have to. If it's going to be, yeah, if it's going to be people in different houses, and we do have have people in different houses on our cellular plan, why be paying for more stuff that we will have to pay even more to get? Potentially, if we decide to actually use it. Number two, right? <laughs> how exactly does Netflix determine what the main household is? Exactly. You know, I, yeah, I, have, mm-hmm. I have a good example. You know, uh, my wife is a part owner of, of a summer home now, which she mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. been for many years. She owns that home. I'm married to her. It's our family. We should have the right to go to a to, to that home, which is on a def, obviously in a different IP address and mm-hmm. be able to watch mm-hmm. Netflix. Why, why can't we do that? So there's so many right. exceptions to this beyond the blatant sharing of past your, your password with like a friend or somebody who lives mm-hmm. a thousand mm-hmm. miles away or, or whatever. I understand that, but there's going to be a lot of cases like, like what I just mentioned um, that have that the same thing with college. You know, why, why can't there, mm-hmm. why can't their son or daughter be able to use their Netflix account while they're mm-hmm. in college? Why should yeah. they, have, they're already paying tens of thousands of dollars in, in tuition for, for going to college as it is. I mean, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep. I mean, the the other thing on this, Netflix already makes it very difficult for an Apple user to find content. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, 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 it's impossible to find stuff on there. I go in there all the time. It's like, yeah, I want to watch something. Oh, I got to navigate all over the place to try to find something that interests me. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's integrated in up next, I remember their content before Netflix. Yeah. Because yeah. you can find it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, th- there's another problem here and it's totally Netflix's fault. And it's that they promoted for a really long time, sharing your password with other people to get more people using the service. And, in, fact, they, yeah. in fact, they increased the price to say, Hey, you can do that. So it's fine if we increase the price a little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And now, now we have this situation or scenario and uh, um, 
it's causing a lot of people, uh, at least a lot of people that I've seen online, to complain, saying, mm-hmm. this is ridiculous that Netflix won't let me share my password. Mm-hmm. Now, on one hand, I, I totally get how ridiculous that sounds, because it's like, why shouldn't everyone that's using it pay for it? Right. But on the other hand, Netflix created this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, I mean, the thing is you're paying already per like parallel stream. So there's a limited number of parallel streams that you can watch. So yeah. that means usually parallel people that can watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just right. checked on the Netflix side. It's even if it's, it's even more complicated. Uh, because on the standard plan that is, I think, twelve ninety nine or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually I'm in the US. I'm in the Austrian side, so I should probably switch to the US. Um, but like, you can only add one extra member. So if you have two kids and they're in like college or something, you can mm-hmm. only add one of them, or they have to again share the password. Um, and on the premium plan. Uh, which is 1999. Okay. So 1549 for the standard and 1999 for the Mm -hmm. premium plan, you can add two. So not only are they limiting like who you can share with, but also how many people. Yeah. So it's not that you can just say, well, if I have 10 kids, I'll just add 10 extra members for 499 and then like they can all watch. No, doesn't work. Yeah. Because you start to use the one password to sign in. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have, you know, t- uh, two additional kids, and you're on the UHD tier. Nobody's spending thirty six bucks for Netflix. No, mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Oh well, I think it's on the far bandwagon on that on that uh, topic. Let's uh, go ahead and talk. Go to the last story this week. Uh, United Airlines has added live activities and dynamic island support for flight tracking. This is exciting. Uh, United this this week, as we record this, uh, has updated the iPhone app to add uh, add support to these live activities in Dynamic Island to allow United passengers quicker access to their flight uh, tracking information. As everybody knows, live activities is right at the top there. You put your little tap, and you can get this information. I think this is going to be a, a continued trend by, by other airlines and, and other content providers. We're already seeing it with sports. We're already seeing it with a lot of other things. So I thought this was a good good mention to know that now you're seeing it with uh, airlines that are looking at it. I think this is helpful to be able to track uh, mm-hmm. where your flight is. So what do you think, Patrice? Took them long enough. Took yeah. them long enough. I mean, this feature has been out almost a year. Not quite, exactly. but almost a year. Um, and I think other airlines have already done it, but I mean, it's, it's United. So yeah. what are we expecting? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Being late is very on brand for United. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh so true. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was very good. Anything for you, Jeff, before we move on here? <laughs> um, no. Uh, how can I top that, <laughs> that wrap up that from, Ben just gave that, us? Ben is the best on that one. Um, <laughs> All right, let's go to the topics this week. Uh, iOS, uh, iOS 16.6, beta 1 came out right immediately after 16.5 dropped this week. Um, I don't think we're seeing too much as far as any differences uh, as far as what was added. I know, Patrice, you you run everything on beta. Have you Mm -hmm. noticed anything since uh, since you upgraded this? No, there's nothing, no one really that has changed, Um, which either means they have something they're announcing in 10 days that they want to add to this and then release early. Um, Or just simply, okay, we have to do another version because September is still a long way. So we're going to probably in June, sorry, in July have another release. Yep. Might as well do that. And there's nothing other than a few bug fixes, probably nothing there. 
Yeah, I didn't yeah. see anything. Do you two as, as well, Ben? Same. I can't tell the difference between 16.6 and 16.5. Yeah, yeah same. And uh, it, 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 yeah, it's like an Apple TV update. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, is no, there, all is today, there <laughs> ever anything in Apple TV updates? Never. Uh, no. Did it seems like the version number. I think the last yeah, thing exactly. was the, the, the grid view for sports. That's what the last yeah. thing they added for oh. Apple TV, uh, for TV oh, Plus. That's oh, right. That's, that's true, TV, yeah. TVOS. Um, uh, mm-hmm. But uh, what they're potentially saying, though, is, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll mention just the other OSs, uh, iPad OS 15, uh, 16.6 and watch OS 9, 9.6, nothing there. And then, as we said, TVOS was nothing there as well. Uh, there was an interesting uh, story that that is uh, saying that potentially the iOS 16.6 beta lays groundwork for iMessage contact key re- verification. Uh, it it does appear to include I, that that in it is not clear how the feature is functional in its first beta. So that's one thing that was it's I think it, 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 you don't you guys you don't see it in functional right. So no, it's not functional. No. Someone found a few, like a few message strings for mm-hmm. like error messages or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is a feature I think that was even known that Apple would do this, um, like because it's part of the I think what's called lockdown. I think the lockdown mm-hmm. mode on the phone, like when you're I don't know, a security researcher or a human rights activist or something like that, journalist, um, you're a vulnerable group and you want to lock down your phone more so like certain things don't work. Um, okay, you can't be hacked as easily, really. Yeah. Uh, this is this is part of that. So you can also like verify kind of like a, yeah, like a GPG key or something like that where you can verify, like you show the key to, to when you meet someone, you show the key and exchange it and then you know this person's for this person, so... Yeah, absolutely. Stuff like that. All right. And um, I, I will mention those of you who do not haven't upgraded to 16.5, uh, 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 that there are, you still have devices out there that can't go to 16. Uh, uh, Apple still continues to keep updates on 15. That's 15.7.6 mm-hmm. and iPad OS 15.7.6. Put some rap, those rapid security response fixes in there. So they did release that. So for, to keep those who are on yeah. the older devices uh, safe. So, so we yeah, should that, say because rapid security response is an iOS 16 and macOS uh, feature to last year's version. Right. This they is the same it. fixes. This but, is the same fixes simply as a standard dot release. So, right, but they yeah. just ha- but they have to just do a full out release. They can't do mm-hmm. it as a rapid mm-hmm. response. Yeah. So so but just wanted to make sure I mentioned that for those who are still on the older devices. Um Another topic here I wanted to t- touch on is the, this was an article 9 to 5 Mac here is uh, about, uh, here's how you finally can stop the infuriating spam calls on your iPhone. Um, you know, as, as we know, mode. yeah, yeah, just go to airplane mode. Don't get the calls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> move, um, move to Europe also. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there is a, uh, I guess there's a service out there called Incogniz uh, Automated Personal Information uh, re- Removal Service that uh, will, f- will ferret out the data brokers most likely to be dealing in per- your personal data after they send wave after wave of opt, you know, a- after you send all those opt-out requests. Um, so it is a bit of an advertisement here. They're trying to take a look at their product here to see if it would help. There are other ways of doing it. You know, like a T-Mobile has their the, the spam uh, t- tool that you can get the basics in. And it's been doing a relatively good job, although I've had a couple come through here in the last week here, which has been kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. And I had to tell my insurance company to stop 
stop calling me every time my prescriptions are ready to be filled. <laughs> I got the response this morning saying, oh, we've, we've opted you out on all that. I didn't opt in in the first place, but thank you. Thank uh, you. And, and um, so, yeah, this, was, this article is more of maybe of an advertisement for this, but it, it just to be a more of awareness, just, just, you know, there are ways of doing this. Do you guys use any uh, tools that beyond that? Like I know uh, there's, there's another tool. All the carriers have something that, that they're not foolproof, but. I'm using Haya. Haya, that's it. Yep. Yeah. True, true Caller is another one. I think yeah. that's what I have. Yeah. Yeah. I use the T Mobile one. Spam Shield. With, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spam Shield combined with if I don't know you, you're going to voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'm looking at uh, the Incogni process mm-hmm. uh, on their website. So. Are they like just contacting database owners and saying pull this this uh, person out of the database? Or yeah, I'm not sure. because it looks like that's what they're doing, which doesn't sound very effective to me at all. And uh, uh, alternately, I suppose they could be yeah, right. uh, having all of your uh, all of the data going to your phone, including phone calls routing through their service and then out to you and filtering, which I would absolutely not want. So I would like to know more about how this really works because yep. this, I mean, paying $6 and 49 cents a month for a service where they're just contacting database owners and saying, Hey, take this person out. Yeah. It's not effective to me. That doesn't seem very effective. Yep. There's also one piece of information in this article that I would really much like to know. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a disclaimer. I would like to know if they are doing this particular piece uh, because they're interested in the, in it uh, and money has not changed hands or if this is a sponsored article. It's a sponsored post. It says yeah. at oh. the top of the page. Yeah. So oh. the problem, but I totally get why you would miss that because I did. You're checking the headline and jumping right into the article. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So yeah, the, the, there should be a disclaimer right at the top of that post. Yeah, I fell for it only because I was using it as a, as a discussions piece for, for the, the, spam calls that we deal with. So I'll make sure we have in the show notes that, uh, that uh, of the, of the tools that are available on the top three carriers and yeah, take a look at your carries. Haya is another one that is, uh, is, is relatively effective, uh, really a relatively effective when it comes to blocking it. You know, I, I guess that for the most part, T-Mobile has been doing a pretty good job with uh, spam shield on um, as far as our is, carrier. Now goes. isn't spam shield just their uh, white label version of Haya. I mean, like literally it's Haya. <laughs> It could be. I don't. I don't. I, I not. And they don't disclose that. But uh, I was going in here to look here real quick. Um, uh, I'm sorry. It's scam. It's, it's called. It's called Scam Shield. Um. So when you see, you know, it's, it just says Scam Block is on. I've had twelve mm-hmm. likely uh, scam calls blocked in the last thirty days. And the cool thing is, I don't even see the call. It just says Scam Likely, and I never. It never rings. Mm-hmm. But there, like I said, some have slipped through that that were legitimately crap <laughs> basically <laughs> um so but yeah we'll, we'll put a show notes all the different other uh, other ways of this um you can check out the other uh one if you want to if you want 
Uh, and, uh, uh, but, you know, t- take a look at the fine print, see if it's something that, that would fit your needs. Cause like, like I agree with Jeff, you know, especially it's, you're going to a database owner. Yeah. They're not going to listen. <laughs> You'd be surprised. They listen mm-hmm. half the time. Um, but right. they, you know, if I was a database owner, I would, um, uh, I would take this as uh, as a, a system where your victim is paying to verify with the spammers that their phone number is legit. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's, there's another reason. Yeah, there, so the business, that's a cool business. Yep. So let's move on to the topic of the week. I wanted to talk about this. Ben did a really great uh, blog post here about. Apple and its needs of a single computer OS. Um, and you did a talk about this a few months back and um, let's, let's just run with it. Cause you just, you did a great, great write up on this. I wanted to see what your thoughts were on this as well as to get the panel here to, to put their chime in as well. So, well, th- this started with the realization that I am now a person of a certain age. <laughs> I grew up with a, a keyboard and mouse interface. Yep. I prefer a keyboard and mouse to a controller by doing first-person shooters. And being either, you know, either late Gen X, early millennial, I did not grow up the same way that later uh, millennial and Gen Z did. At the same, they have grown up almost entirely in a touch-based world. Yes. Uh, we yep, we have a brand new version, brand new versions of Final Cut and Logic that is designed for their world. I watched, uh, actually watched iJustine's review of Final Cut Pro right before this. And there's a lot of stuff that makes absolute sense in there. What doesn't make sense is we have basically two competing lines of computer from Apple. We have one that is completely keyboard and mouse mouse based. Uh, can do only do things one way. Then we have the iPad, which can do things both ways, but has software limitations but is using the same hardware as the macbook air i mean this arrangement made a lot of sense when it we were mostly talking about my generation using computers the iPad was basically an enlarged iPhone. And there hadn't been really any inroads. I mean, basically, you, you didn't consider the iPad a computer. Right now, from a hardware perspective, the iPad Air and the iPad uh, Pro can do everything hardware-wise that a Mac can. The 10th generation iPad, let's be honest, 
is more powerful than a lot of Intel-based Macs mm-hmm. that are still supported in Ventura. Yet, to basically, as Final Cut has showed it right now, to have the full list of capabilities that Apple's platforms are capable of, you have to have two different devices. This has this is undoubtedly putting a strain on Apple's internal developments since they have to support these two completely separate hardware tracks. This is putting strain on developers who in many generate many instances will choose between iPad and the Mac. And you know, when you can use an iPad app on your uh, Apple Silicon Macs, it's usually not optimized, despite it being relatively easy to optimize it. It's, I mean, we're getting to a point where we're doing things in a certain way only because that's the way they have done they have done it and the fact that microsoft who has tried to merge things hasn't done it right quite frankly the ipad os interface works better for touch than windows it's <laughs> actually pretty good uh keyboard and mouse and to be perfectly honest, if they were to integrate the iPad OS version of Control Center in Mac, the difference between a keyboard and mouse interface and a touch interface uh, could probably be switched between in about two seconds. I mean, the fact that on the iPad OS you can you don't have to have hardware. You can use a a software OS jog wheel very easily to get into clips. We're not using, most of us, a lot of us aren't using these giant uh, monitors anymore. And it really doesn't take that much effort to, to touch my screen. I mean, if... The question remains of Apple was to do this right now. Would they consider the iPad and the Mac two different machines? And to be perfectly honest, I don't think they should anymore. I think they should be working wholeheartedly to be ma- towards making a computer OS. Does this wor- work for all iPads? No. I the the old uh home button iPads, this definitely doesn't work for. The original USB-C iPads or iPads Pro, why they have technically ran Mac OS in the uh, you know, in the developer kit, they're not particularly uh, suited for it. But 
I think all currently shipping iPads plus the M1s should be very much considered for a combined OS. This, I mean, you shouldn't see the MacBook and the iPad as one greater and one lesser. They're two parallel paths to the same thing. I And, yeah. And the other thing, there's been a lot of reluctance in the in the Apple world to kind of go beyond what Johnny Ive has done. Yeah. The one gone. Yeah, the yeah, the yeah, the MacBook design form factor we're looking for. I had to look this up. The original titaniums were released in 2001 using a PowerPC G4. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And quite frankly, the uh, M- M1 Pro MacBook Pro I'm using doesn't look a whole lot different. The, the iMac, while slimmer, is still very much based on the iMac G5. Yeah, iOS I mean, it, hasn't. Yeah, iOS, it, it's all of it is iterations on. I mean, original ideas. Like, I mean, you can go back to the original, like Apple, and say, okay, like if you follow it, it's always like improving, yeah. iterating. But it's the same principle still. Yeah, but I mean, still, you look at some of the machines from HP and the Surface line. You can take uh, Microsoft's all-in-one, use it as a traditional computer push the stand down and then you have a super tablet. Yeah. I'll let, let, let me, let me bring, bring the, the, the topic of this yeah. into the enterprise, into, into, into corporate world. You've got mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of companies these days who want to use tablets and they want to have a, a yeah. tablet. It's a windows tablet, which unfortunately, and you have to contend with on a windows tablet. Uh, the fact of battery life, battery life is, is a, is, is atrocious in Windows, absolutely atrocious. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to have a, someone be able to go out and do a job that they have to do because they need a tablet for their particular job, and it should last 10 hours. you got companies now that are looking at companion devices, giving them an iPad along with a Windows tablet because oh they have to – Yeah, so they have to – so you have to get – you uh, take take the iPad out into, to, out into the world to do their work and then take their Windows tablet at home and – do the work after the fact because systems are there. There's there's a lines your issues. Systems systems are not designed yeah. in, in a way that they can't work on an iPad. It's it's yeah. so crazy. I, I I love the fact that Apple has always kept them separate in a sense. They you know everybody's asked, is there ever going to be mm-hmm. a touch screen on a Mac? I don't think it, there ever will be because of the iPad. And I think I, I agree with you in some sense with the, when it comes to the OS. Could they could they join them together? But I I think they could. I don't know if they will, but they could. Um, and I think the devices can can work in such a way where you'll have the options to to do more of that stuff. Uh, but you want you want your world at home when you're working on a on a Mac, and you want your world when you're traveling and doing your work using an iPad. But but I agree with you. The OSs should be very similar, only because you're transitioning to two different places. You you give the example of Final Cut. We're going to talk about in just a minute here. Um, you know. There are already limitations with the first, with uh, Gen number one of Final Cut Pro where you can't 
bring projects back and forth and you, you, you're limited to the way the libraries can work on an external device where you, well, you have no problem doing that on a Mac, but you do have the limitation on an iPad right now. So if they change it, I would probably think they're looking at it, but then they rushed it out. But I do agree in some senses that they should look at this. I don't know. And, but I question if it, it's going to happen. Um, I want to hear what the rest of the panel has to, has to, has their opinions on this. Uh, you want to go ahead, Jeff? Well, okay. I like the idea of Apple uh, doing something that's unified, something, something that is, is uh, different from what they're doing now and, and not change for the sake of change sake. Wow. That was a really messed up sentence, <laughs> um, but more like looking f- towards the future and setting us up for where they're taking us with hardware. And, uh, and I do like that right now, what we have is a system where with iOS and iPad OS, Apple is designing for touch first and on Mac OS, it's designed for keyboard and, and mouse for, you know, for a hardware input device first. Unlike Windows, which has always been hardware input device, and they also let you do a touch thing, and it doesn't work very elegantly. So, what form does that take? And the 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 idea that I have come up with, which is probably not something that's truly viable, but I kind of like the idea of it. Uh, I call it the Duo Pad. And you you remember long ago, Apple had the the MacBook Duo, mm-hmm. and so you had a uh, like a desktop computer unit that sat on your desk with a big slot in it, just the right size to stick your laptop in. And when your laptop was in this Duo dock, you had a uh, a full on desktop horsepower machine. When you ejected it from the dock, you now have this portable computer, not as fully powered as it is in the dock, but still a very useful device. Why not do something like that with the iPad? And um, now your iPad goes in the dock and it becomes a full on desktop Mac. When you pop it out, it's still fully functional as a high end iPad. The the thing is. With the USB C and Thunderbolt ports, they from a hardware level, they're already able to do that. Sure. Mm-hmm. So that would be kind of fun. Um the, the problem that I see for Apple is how do you differentiate products when you unify to that level? So on some level, Apple, I think, is incentivized to have artificial limitations. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. and that gives us a Mac and that gives us an iPad. Yeah. I would love to have a single device that I can do everything with at my desk and on the go. We're not there yet. I mean, just look at it from a historic standpoint. Uh, the Mac is basically... 40 years old actually more yeah. if you count if you count the apple the, the original apples even like the, mm-hmm. the form the, the idea of a mac is mm-hmm. this old the ipad really came from the idea of a tablet and really the iphone i mean even though historically it was the other way around but like when it was released it was basically this is a big iphone 
Mm-hmm. And I think there was a there, there were people within Apple that were champions of that. Probably even like I mean, very late, but Steve Jobs himself. And things change. And over time, I think now that we're I think going more towards AR VR from the looks of it, you have to ask the question: Do we really need both? Could we uh, like merge the two back into one? Like it, 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 I mean, the, the iPad and the iPhone kind of branched out of the Mac to some extent mm-hmm. because the operating system was kind of at least loosely based on it originally. So, I mean, there is, there is a point, and I, I have to agree with Ben, where, yeah, we should question whether we need both. I mean, what is the point? What is the differentiation between the two already? Other than that on the iPad, you can do a lot of things. You can do a lot of things that you can do on a Mac. The only difference right now is touch. Yeah. And sucky software. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, I mean, sorry. And I'm a big fan of the iPad and love my iPad, but like, it's not like the Mac can do so much more. And at some point I had to ask me, myself the question, like, why do I need an iPad? Why am I struggling with using an iPad? So I scaled back my iPad and invested more in my Mac. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, yes. Uh, yeah we, we're starting to ask the teachy questions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, I, I think this is a good debate. I think it's something to think about into the future um, mm-hmm. to, to, to see where things go. Um, my, my, my analogy again with, with Windows, Windows has never had a good experience in the, in the touch no. world. <laughs> And never, no. and I think, I don't I think I've ever, no. <laughs> yeah, and I, I have to support it. So I know firsthand <laughs> yeah. and the design of a tablet, especially by Dell and by Lenovo and many of the others who have, the, and Microsoft for that matter with Surface is mm-hmm. having the detachable keyboard and, you know, the physical part of, of a tablet. Um, it, it just mm-hmm. isn't a good experience on the Windows world. The iPad and, and, and uh, on the other hand is, is a much better experience battery life in itself is huge you know when someone has to be out working in in a field job or whatever they're doing having an ipad Mm -hmm. you know to have that thing last you know anywhere between eight and ten hours um is fabulous i mean the Macs have obviously Mm -hmm. improved immensely immensely with the m2 processor uh and and, you know i my my m2 macbook air is amazing i mean Mm -hmm. i've had that thing run for 10 plus hours and it it doesn't even put a dent in the battery i mean Mm -hmm. it's still about 10 Mm -hmm. hours i've gone to about 20 percent. but geez that that's just incredible so a lot of factors involved with that, but the OS has a lot to do with it. And I say it every day: mm-hmm. why our battery life is so bad on on, on our on our PCs, and especially these these tablets, because they're so power hungry. And then what are all the background stuff that Windows is doing all the time just kills it. So, mm-hmm. um, but this is a great debate. I hope I hope something comes of it. I think Apple's got to be thinking about it that we don't know about. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see where I it goes here. So. Yeah, I, I do have to say one thing on that. Okay. Um, the, if XROS is a thing, it is going to be based on a touch interface. Yeah, seems like that. And we'll Ish, definitely, yeah, and we'll definitely yeah. hit that hit on that in future shows. Obviously, uh, our, our pre WWDC episode is going to be great, and our post episode where patrice will be on with us again mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be some good discussion let's 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 hold it off to to, to those next two shows here um so i want to hit two more topics here before we have to wrap up here it was getting a little uh over on time here um i wanted to uh, i know as as we all know uh pretty much everybody should know final cut pro for the ipad and logic pro for the ipad were released this week 
Um, I did download it. I did uh, start the trial. The great thing about it is you have a 30-day free trial, which you can try it out. You don't have to be stuck buying it. Mm-hmm. But honestly, the price is not that expensive. I mean, it's. I mean, they're charging you if you want to, f- to hold it do it for the whole year. It's forty nine dollars for each app, and um, or you can go four ninety nine a month and you just do it monthly if you need to use it just for you know months at a time. Uh, that's the nice thing about the subscription. I mean, yeah, granted, I know all the people are complaining about this because they've paid for Logic Pro and they've paid for Final Cut Pro on the Mac for years and paid one price and they've had it for years. Um, but I think the the, uh, the the way they set Apple set this up, I think, was smart. Um, a couple caveats I'll jump on, you know, specifically Logic. You know, Logic is is a great program for musicians. It's not if you're a podcaster and you want to do it for podcast editing, eh, I don't think it's going to be. Yeah, it, it's very wonky. Ferrite Pro is probably another a good uh, is a much better alternative on the iPad. And uh, even I, uh, Jason Sell talked about this this uh, past week on Mac Break, Mac Break Weekly. He mm-hmm. was able to finally talk about it because he had it in his hands for a month prior, so he was on embargo until he could talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so he, he did make that mention. Yeah, this is not, and 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 he's a big Ferrite user and. It's clunky at best, so it's good for musicians. I think that's if musicians have been using it, and that's what Logic always has been aimed at. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, definitely check it out. Uh, Final Cut Pro is is it's got some good things on it so far. Um, I haven't done a lot of editing with it as of yet, but uh, it it does have a, a great interface. I, I've I've seen some uh, good things with it, and and I know you know we've uh, at least you and I have watched I Justine's review on it, and. Uh, Mm-hmm. I think I think it's a, it's a good start. I think it's got some it has a bit of ways to go when it comes to uh, being more more robust than it already is. Um, the file management I think is kind of a is a kind of a bummer. If you want, you know, but these iPads uh, you got to have an M1 or higher to use the Final Cut Pro as it is anyway. Whereas Logic you can get away get away with a A12 or higher. Uh, you have to. Um, you got to have to be able to use an external drive. I mean, these, these files get enormous and, and people don't want to invest for a one terabyte, two terabyte iPad. It just breaks your bank mm-hmm. by having to have mm-hmm. that much storage on an iPad. Um, so I think that, like I said, this is version one. I think it's something that uh, we have to, uh, uh, they have to take a look at and go for the next, and uh, the next update uh, to, to start supporting that because it's so important, especially content creators who are doing gigabytes. They're doing 4k videos and higher and they don't need to have that capability. So if any, if any of you, any uh, you have uh, downloaded yet, if at least tried anything yet. I don't have hands on, but I will say this, this is kind of akin to the final cut Cro- Pro Classic to Final Cut Pro 10 mm-hmm. transition. Right. This this is a 1.0 release of new software yep. that they have to build up to where the Mac version is at right now. This is going to take a few iterations and maybe a couple years. A couple of years. I mean, yeah. how long yeah. did it take for Final Cut to really... Yeah. And mm-hmm. to some extent, catch up. I mean, some people still say there's stuff missing and maybe I would say not so important, but I mean, it depends on what you're using. Uh, but it took a couple of years for Final Cut to actually catch up and have something that people want to use. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're a current professional, do not switch. If you are someone that's new, especially the the aforementioned Generation Z, (laughs) which is kind of just going into video editing, this this could be your workflow. 
Yeah. This is how you could learn your craft. Yeah. Yeah. The smaller influencer, like uh, the YouTube, like the smaller YouTube channels that don't have big production teams and all of that. Mm -hmm. Like for them, I mean, like editing on the go, even, I mean, even I Justine, I could totally see because she, she usually likes to keep things small, like as small as you can. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I could see that. Yeah. And she could do totally whatever thing she needed to do during her review. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. In many ways, easier than on the Mac. Yeah, sure. I, I will be sticking to LumaFusion for I'm, all of my video editing. I, I you would. Um, yep, it's. I mean, it's. It works so well that I don't do video mm-hmm. editing on my Mac anymore, and haven't for two, three, three. Uh, gosh, yeah, at least three years. And um, um, for me, Final Cut on the iPad is too feature limited to uh to fit into my workflow. So, I'll mm-hmm. stick with LumaFusion and I will of course be watching to see as new features are added to Final Cut on the iPad and uh, I, and I will be glad to see those features come even though I am firmly in the LumaFusion camp. Yeah, for sure. So, uh Check it out. Like I said, there's a free trial, so you can try it out for 30 days. Um, so if, if it's something you like, uh, I th- I'm glad Apple did that. So uh, it makes it uh, super easy. That's how subscriptions can work. They're very easy to start a, you know, start a trial and check it out. If you want to keep it, you know, go with the $5 month plan for a few months. See, see how you like it. And that, that applies to both Final Cut Pro mm-hmm. and Logic uh, Pro on that. So, uh one last topic I wanted to hit on here. Thanks for your good input on that topic here is uh, I don't know if everybody's aware of this new uh, service that's going out as far as an ultimate free TV upgrade. I thought it was interesting to see. It's, it's a, it's a site called Telly T E L L Y. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go to at free telly.com and you'll, of course all links will be in the show notes. Um, you're getting a, basically what you do is you sign up for a free TV and you, you, you and your first question is what's the catch? There's, there's gotta be a catch. To this. Because no, there's always a catch. No, no always. one's going to give you a free TV for absolutely nothing, but yep. Yep. it intrigues me because of the way they're going about it. What it is, is it's a TV that's going to have a, you know, it's 4k, it's got HDR theater mm. display, 55 like inch TV, inches. 55 inch mm. TV. Um, it's, it's a dual screen and why, why I call it dual screen is that the second screen, as if you can mm-hmm. expect is going to have advertising. Um, but it, <laughs> it, it does have, you know, it, it's going to have a sports ticker. It's going to have your stock t- ticker. You can put all kinds of other stuff. You can customize it. Um, you are able to do, uh, uh, uh do things with it as far as that customizations go. Of course, they're gonna huh. they're gonna be looking at your ad, looking at your your watching habits, and and, and they'll probably mm-hmm. tailor ads to that. But it's it's not it's not a it's not obtrusive. It's not it's right at the bottom of the TV, so it's not too bad. This is a full Usually. TV. Usually, it, that's what they, they say. They yeah. yet. Well, it's, well, no, we'll it's like in their in their terms of service, they actually say when you're not using the TV. They can show you ads on the full thing. So like when you're not mm-hmm. in a, whatever, you're watching something, like if you're just in, I don't know, yeah. the browsing thing and you're not navigating, they can actually do a full screen ad. Yeah, because you do have the capabilities of using it. You can hook up your Apple TV. Mm-hmm. You can hook up a Roku mm-hmm. to it. You can hook up anything to it. It's yeah. like any other TV. They're, they're banking on the, you're right. They are banking on the fact that you are can you can do that. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and it's basically there, you know, they're calling it a smart screen, right. but you gotta also think about, you know, you, you, you aren't, it isn't in your face on other TVs that have smart TV capabilities, which is pretty much right. every TV these days. 
um, they're, 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 they're watching for what you do too, when you're using their services. Mm -hmm. So you, I mean, so you, you gotta have to think about it. Is, is your privacy that important that that you're worried about the data to not have a, a, a TV like this? I know a lot, some people might would jump on it because they like to have they want to have a TV like this to and and to have a free TV is you know is yeah. a, is an I, incentive. I can yeah. see two uh, like two kind of groups for that that might be interested in that. One is businesses, especially hotels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They're just, I mean, for them, like a free TV, like sure shows ads, but who cares? Uh, anyway, nobody's actively watching all that much data. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I mean, they're just run, running random things. Like for them, probably a good idea. And the other one is probably um, teenagers or like college kids that just have the TV running in the background while they're doing other things and they really don't care about like what's on it. Right. Um, and for free, and I don't have the money as well. So like a free TV, like sign me up. You you wonder you wonder on the business side of things because you know I don't think mm-hmm. Telly is going to give away TV to a to a business because the business is in the profit to make money. They probably mm-hmm. would they, charge they for could it. do partnerships. The partnerships, mm-hmm. yes. see, yeah, yeah, could do that. Um, yeah. I said I'll, they would be interested. I'll also mention this: the, the, it does include uh, you are going to get a free Chromecast and a Google TV adapter. Um, it's got three HDMI inputs, so and and the over-the-air turner, tuner built into it. So they really are going all on this, and I'm sure they're getting an insane good cost on it. They're starting with five hundred thousand uh, TVs uh, to give away at at the first at first here. Um, but uh, I thought this was interesting. I signed up. I don't know, hey, it's a free TV. I'll check it out. It's not going to hurt to to try it. And my wife already said, "Is where, where are you going to put this thing?" <laughs> so, exactly. In the basement. I was wondering about that. Yeah, well, in the basement next to the other big TV, right? Here you go. <laughs> Second okay, TV so for for me. Um, the the problem that I would have with a television like this, discounting the fact that that um, you know I have an extra screen, they can control ads even when I'm not watching and stuff like that. I don't want a television that connects to the internet or requires an internet connection at all. And that's because I have a television and an Apple TV Mm -hmm. and, and I do everything from my Apple TV. So I don't even need a smart television, Um, which means that when my, um, my Sony Bravia from, I want to say like 2014, 2011, something like that. When that eventually dies, I will have a, an issue with trying to find a TV that does not require me to have an internet connection to be able to use. Um, you can disable so, it. So, yeah, and I mean, th- th- right now there there are televisions that you can buy where you can disable the internet connection part. Just don't and, connect it. And that's great. <laughs> yeah, just don't connect it. Yeah, don't put yeah, it on exactly. one. But well, some I... televisions, um, and I believe Samsung is making some of these, they will not function mm-hmm. unless you give them an internet connection. Yeah, then there's the problem. So you, plug, you turn on your TV for the first time, and that's it. Until you give it internet access, it's done. Um, so... Give it an access I, side up and then then disconnect it after. <laughs> right. And uh but like for this television, you can't not have an internet connection because it needs this is to true. you ads. Right. So I, that, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, as a secondary TV. 
Yeah. And if, I mean, the idea of having a free television that has all the features that this one has, that's very enticing. So they're, they're doing a really good job with putting together the product. Just the idea for me of a television that requires an internet connection is distasteful. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I, I did not realize that they, especially with Samsung's with what doing that, so. Yeah, especially with what they're doing with it. Like, I would have no problem. I mean, my Apple TV is connected to the internet all the time. Right. I don't have a problem with that. Because I, I, mm-hmm. I trust, I know and I trust Apple. And I know that they're not doing anything nefarious with it. I sure. don't trust TV companies so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and the the whole thing with being tracked with your TV watching mm-hmm. when you're using an Apple TV, whatever Apple is doing, yes, there's a higher level of trust there. Mm-hmm. When I switch over to Amazon Prime on my Apple TV to watch a show, Amazon gets to to know what I'm doing within the sandbox of their app. Same okay. thing for Paramount Plus. Uh, mm-hmm. If I can get the the HBO Max, excuse me, the Max app working. It'll be the same thing there. Uh, so it's not a, an entire total uh, yeah. viewing experience is being captured by a single entity. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean free television, fifty five inch, four K. Um, I mean that's that's a pretty pretty enticing package that they're offering. Yeah. I might just put that TV right next to me. I have a 32 and sitting here right now. You know, what the hell? I, 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 I've been trying not to buy another TV in here. 32 seems to work okay here, but hey, I got a the small boys. stand. W- wouldn't a 55 inch work better? It would work better, and especially <laughs> free. free. So hopefully I'll get it. I mean, I, 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 as soon as I found out about this, I went ahead and signed up. So I'd be Interesting to see if I get one. I but. almost signed up just to see, just so I could see the television if I were to get one. Mm-hmm. And I haven't yet. And I still may do it just to see what the television is. Yep. Uh, however, if if the terms say you get the TV and you have to keep it and it has to be plugged in, um, then I don't want to do it. I don't think the terms if are there like that, but... Yeah, if you if you can if you get the TV and uh, and you don't like it, you can return it, or you can give it away to someone else. That that so I just need to take some time to look at at all of the mm, terms. Yeah, I, I mean I, I doubt yeah. it because they have to make I mean they have to pay for the TV and make money somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so I mean if if you just buy one and then like never use it or whatever, I mean that's a net loss for them. I don't think mm-hmm. they want that. exactly. Yep. Yeah, and the other thing is, number one, there's a huge difference between no cost to you and free. This is at no cost to you because someone else is paying for it. Right. Uh, The other thing is, I, I want to know how exactly this will interact with something like the Apple TV. Are they able to intercept what you're browsing? Uh, you know, Probably. being yeah, it with it being uh, you know, being constantly connected does not bother me because, well, my Apple I run everything through my Apple TV anyway, and mm-hmm. quite frankly, having a sports ticker at the bottom there might I might actually consider somewhat informative. 
But I want to know basically if this thing can hijack my viewing experience from my Apple TV just to serve me more ads. On the bottom, that bottom screen, but I don't think it would on the primary screen. Yeah. Be, I, I'm i going to finish signing up for it just because I'm interested. Yeah, right. that's the way mm. I did it too. So, yeah. Check it out. I think it's something interesting. I have all the links in the show notes. Uh, there's also a life uh, hacker article about uh, do you, do you want to risk your your privacy? I mean, they've got some points there. Uh, and uh, ZDNet also has a, had a good write about write up about it too. So you include that in the show notes. And uh, any last thoughts? All right. So how long before other television manufacturers decide they're going to do second screen TVs? Yeah. And and start selling those. Be interesting to see. Oh, they're watching this. They're, they are oh, watching I'm this. sure they are. Yeah. What is it now? May? Um, five months. Yeah. We'll, stick, we'll okay. see how, so how successful So in time for the holiday <laughs> buying season. Exactly. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Hello, CES 2024. Yeah. No, that's too late. That's too they're going to do it for, for Christmas. Yeah. If, if this works and it's popular and it, I mean, it, it from the marketing perspective, it's already working. Yeah. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. people jumped on it yeah. yeah i mean that's the other thing we haven't talked about this could just be a marketing thing it could yeah. be so we'll have mm-hmm. some we'll have some things to talk about in the future once we get <laughs> the tvs in our hands and find yes, out more about will. this we'll, the, yeah. we'll, we'll cover it go ahead last last thought ben i was gonna say uh they're definitely marketing to the right people because the people that are apt to know about telly are usually the people they can get a lot of data from because we're mm. very tech savvy. Yep. Yep. All right. I think we had, we had a great show this week. I know I knew we would. And before we wrap up, I want to make sure I mentioned Mac stock seven. It is 56 days away. I can't believe it. So it's, 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 uh, as we record this 56 days, um, as we've talked about a number of times, it's it's an absolutely great conference. I'll be speaking there. I've been I've spoke at that conference. It'll be my seventh of the of the in person years, uh, and uh, it's great. Uh, the topic for conversation for us to, uh, is, is is learn. So each one, each of us is going to be uh, doing a uh, a topic on on surrounding that topic. Uh, it's July twenty second, twenty third. It's uh, it it did it, we did they recently change the venue. It's uh, it is now at uh, the I bring this up. I have to remember here. It's at the uh, it's it's at the Stage Left Cafe, which is in right in the heart of downtown uh, Woodstock, and that's where they they filmed uh, Groundhog Day. So everybody knows knows the the town square. It's actually adorable, cute place to to be, uh, and all kinds of great. It's the a brick cobblestone road that's in within the square. It's 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 really an old time feel. It's a lot of fun to be there. Um, it's a, it's 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 a much more cozier uh, uh, venue than the previous venue was. Uh, so that's why we had moved it. And it's right by Mike Potter's office, literally, you can walk right across down the down the down the half block to to go to this location. So it is it is a cool place. Um, parking is ample. It's going to be easy to park. Uh, many of you'd be traveling from other locations, but I. I want you to check it out. Uh, and, uh, speakers, which I said, including myself, Jeff Gammon is going to be there. Wally Cherzinski, uh, uh, Dave Hamilton is going to be speaking. They're also going to do Mac, uh, Mackie Gab live there, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Joyner, Allison Sheridan, Allison Sheridan and, uh, Brittany, 
Britney Smith, her first appearance yeah. there is going to be great. It's going to be great to mm-hmm. finally meet her in person. We have a lot of friends, <laughs> and you find you find you find a lot of uh, a lot of times you make a lot of good friends at, at these conferences. It's 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 so cozy and fun, and and networking is great, and you get to meet meet people and that you have never met before, as well as you see people you've seen before. So come check it out. It's a, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's not too terribly expensive. You got a two day event here. It's about two hundred ninety nine dollars. Mm-hmm. But you know, any conferences well, you go to, it's not too terribly expensive. So uh, come check it out. It's at maxstockconferenceandexpo dot com. We'd love to have you join us. Tickets are starting to probably get a little limited. Uh, they got hotel uh, blocks of assigned away for those who are going to travel. But uh, come check it out. I think it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we'd hope to see you. Uh, it's going to be the first time we've seen each other. I, I, you know, counting last year because we were still a little bit of a limit. Uh, uh, but uh, first time it's going to be a full out uh, conference and everybody will be there. So uh, it'd be great yep. to see you. So come check. Yeah. And if you're if you're flying in, you're within walking distance from metro from a metro station. Yep, there's the metro station. Metro station's not too far away, so you could take the train downtown or, and get you back to the city. Because some some people like to stay. Also, don't forget uh, Barry Falk's going to have his Midwest Mac barbecue. He's bringing that back uh, after seven years, I think. Yeah, he had the first year, and we've had a different uh, had different uh, locations uh, after that. But yeah, he's he's opening his home to everybody. But you get, you have to go to the website, click the link, and and request the uh, invite. As long as you know anybody at MacStock, you're going to be more than welcome. There might even be a wine tasting there too. So. It's, it's a lot of fun. So awesome. Barry's awesome. You know, we, we might even do a podcast or two. Who knows? I, I'm tempted to do that. Like we I just keep that tradition going now that I've been a last time we were there. I was, I wasn't a podcaster yet. So now I might be able to do mm-hmm. it. So and, and we get, get some episodes, get some fun. I, that'd be so much fun if we get to do that. I'm going to definitely try to do that. So come check us out. We'd love to see you. And with that, let's go ahead and wrap up for this week. Uh, uh, that's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Twitter at InTouchWithIOS. You also can follow us on Mastodon and InTouchWithIOS on TechHangout.Social, tech which is Patrice's uh, Mastodon instance. Which you can, mm-hmm. if, if you know her, she might she might even let you in. So go, go check out that. Uh, and... Uh, Support the show by buying me a coffee at InTouchWithIOS.com slash coffee. We would really appreciate it. You also can become a Patreon of the show by going to Patreon.com slash InTouchWithIOS. We have two tiers available to support the show. We would really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe so you're you're notified when we are live streaming. Usually it's on Thursday nights, but we were streaming Friday afternoon today just to bring on our special guest, Patrice. Uh, that's at youtube.com slash in touch with iOS. You can watch the live show. I leave the live shows up there. You can go back and watch them later as well as wa- listen to past shows. Uh, visit in touch with iOS magazine on Flipboard where many of the topics we discuss are flipped onto that magazine. The link is in our show notes. If you, you can subscribe to the show and your favorite podcatcher, including pocket casts, overcast, Apple podcasts, and many others, but Better yet, go to our website at InTouchWithIOS.com where all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. I am Dave Ginsberg, and you can find me on Macedon at Macedon.cloud at DaveG65, as well as on Twitter at DaveG65. Patrice Brennamore, thank you so much for being here. It was so great to have, to have you back on the show. It was like too long. I'm, not, I'm so glad yeah, we were able to do well. it. It was a long time. So <laughs> yeah. 
Where can people find you? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, you can find me on the British Tech Network every week, Thursdays for the Mac for the Big Show. Uh, we talk about the non-Apple side of things, and Fridays with Dave and Ben and Jeff and Chuck and some other lovely people. Uh, we talk about Apple's things. So there's a keynote poker next week. I highly recommend that one. Yes. Uh, you can find everything I'm doing, all the social media links, the podcasts, the projects, like literally everything on my website, thepatrice.com. There's also buy me a coffee link there. And if you are into uh, food, food-related stories and memories, I have a podcast called Foodie Flashback, where I talk, where I interview like really interesting people. Um, I'm going to interview Ben as well. Everybody else, I think, has already done. Um, yeah, and it, it's just really a really cool like thing to to learn about people's stories around food and all of that. And yeah, techhangout.social is my Mastodon instance. If you know me, if you can reach out to me, if you know someone who knows me, it's also fine. And you're looking for an instance. Yeah, you can join that. Excellent. Thanks. Uh, ben Rathick, thank you for being here as well. Where can people find you? Thank well, Dave, you can find me at Ben Rathick on your social media choice. My website, rathick.tech. And uh, you can find me Tuesday on Chuck Joyner's Mac Voices, Thursday and Friday on the British Tech Work, D- Tech Work, Tech, <laughs> Net- British Tech Network uh, for the big and Mac shows. And ho- ho- and thankfully, right now you can find me on the weekend. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Thanks, Ben. And last but certainly not least, Jeff Gamet. Always a pleasure having you here. Where where can people find you? Um, you can find me on uh, Mastodon and Instagram, basically all the socials, um, as Jay Gamet. But Mastodon and Instagram—that's where I'm actually posting stuff right now. Then for shows, um, how about? Tuesdays on Chuck Joyner's Mac Voices Live, then on uh, Thursdays on your In Touch with iOS, although we're doing it Friday today. Mm-hmm. Then for the British Tech Network, you have, um, um, uh, what is it? The Big Show that's yeah. on Thursdays. <laughs> And the Mac show that's on Fridays, and right. then uh, and then also the Context Machine Brian Chaffin and I do that, and uh, so we'll be recording another episode again probably later today, and I think that's it. Great, thank you. Thanks for being here. Uh, we're going to have uh, two great shows coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. Next week will be a pre a pre WWDC discussion. And then Patrice will be back on uh, June mm-hmm. 9th. That'll be the the recap of WWDC. It's gonna be a that's gonna be a great show. I hope you can look forward to the next two weeks of shows here. Until that time, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk again soon. <laughs>